Let's begin with a very simple question. Why should you not lie? Welcome, I'm Simi Lerner, and this is the Judaism From Within podcast. Today, we are going to discuss Rav Hirsch's articulation of the prohibition of lying, flattery, hypocrisy, general falsehood. But what Rav Hirsch does, and we're going to break this into two parts, Rav Hirsch not only develops the idea of why you shouldn't lie, apart from the most basic, intuitive, because it's a lie, and that's quite powerful, but if you break down the substructure and you talk about the ideas that this simple assertion is resting on, you not only gain a deeper appreciation of the the, the nature of the prohibition of the idea that you should, as a good, upstanding human being, not lie, but you also appreciate, because of this structure, you appreciate where the tentacles of the lie goes to, and thereby how it pollutes other areas of life. And it becomes a far deeper problem than just, you didn't tell the truth. And that's what we're going to do in this week's discussion. Why shouldn't you lie? So if we build up Rav Hirsch's uh, argument, if you will, you would say that Judaism is predicated on justice. Hashem and God is loving, and he, is, he, he, he wants intimacy, and he has mercy. All these character traits are true, but everything has to fall down to one principle. It still has to be just. Justice really is that which reigns supreme. Not justice is in the sense that um, you have to uh, punishment. Justice in the sense of tzedakah, righteousness. That's what everything has to be predicated on. And if we think about what the liar is doing, and we break it down on it into a more philosophical structure, you sort of understand that what the liar is doing is he's warping reality. He's warping his sense of reality and articulating it to someone else. So to, in the general sense, what do we do when we tell the truth? We reproduce in language how our mind mirrors reality to the best of our ability. That's what we're doing. And we give that over to someone else as a guide for their life. And when they think and when they act, they base themselves off our guidance. So let's perhaps use a, uh, a, a more of a gaming metaphor. You have an avatar. An avatar is that, that sort of little character you have when you either play a game or you have a, I don't know, something that represents you. What we do in life is we think about things. We think about how our actions will play out in the future. And that we sort of send an avatar into the future to see what, what, what will happen if we act a certain way. If you have a warped sense of reality, you're going to come up with a skewed result from your thinking. That's in the mind. This is where we get the phrase Genevis does. So when I think about what I'm going to do today, I'm going to base my thinking off my picture of reality. That avatar I send into the future, and in the future literally obviously, just in my mind, I send it out, I think about, oh, where am I going to go? And I envision myself on these steps of progress towards my goal in life, but I'm assuming reality is a certain way through my experience or through testimony of someone else. Thereby, if I have a warped sense of reality because someone has lied to me, I can't act in the world correctly. So not only do I get the classical outgrowth of that, of that I will be damaged because of it, but also I can't act justly in the world. And this really is an important point. Your ability to act with righteousness in the world, with justice in the world, you, you need to know the world. Thereby, if someone's given you a warped sense of reality, you can't act justly. And this obviously branches out into so many other areas of our relationship with Hashem and the world. You have to know the world to act in the world. There was a, um, 
I'm not exactly sure if this was his point directly, but it was an interpretation on Torah in Derech Eretz. It was a discussion with, um, I think it was Rabbi Chil Yaakov Weinberg, in the idea of what is Torah in Derech Eretz, and what do we experience first? We experience the Derech Eretz of the world, we experience reality, and then we impose upon it Torah. But what does that mean? It sounds on some level like, no, Torah is more important. It's not a question of importance, but you need the you need the potential to to act out upon it. The world is a potential for your action. You need to know what that world is before you can live the Torah out onto it. The Torah is a way of life that maps itself onto a world. If you have a warped sense of that world, you can't act the Torah onto it. And you understand why understanding the world, the world of the natural sciences, it, culture is so essential because you can't act justly if you don't have a good mirror. So to break these ideas out, to perhaps say it out in a more succinct way, if you lie to me, I have a warped sense of reality. I then act on that. And we know the dangers of that is that I'll just, what I want won't come to fruition. But on a deeper level, everything I do on some level may very well be unjust. Because I don't know what reality truly is because you've lied to me. It seems subtle in that, what what is a little lie? But if I tell you something's green, but it really is blue, and you act as if it's green. You relate to people as if it's green. Not only are you going to be propagating this web of deceit, you're also going to be acting inappropriately to the world that will damage your goals, but it will also damage that principle you will be acting unjustly in the world. So one of the key principles of Judaism is that you have to act with justice. You have to act with justice in the world, and you can only do that if you have a correct sense of reality. Rav Hirsch uses the metaphor of a thief. If a person steals and a person lies, who's worse? Perhaps it's not an ideal question because it all depends on context, but in a way the liar is far worse. Because what does the liar do? The liar steals life. When I steal from you things, I steal the means to life. I steal your ability to change the world through your means. You have means at your disposal, I take them away. Okay, but a liar takes life away. I take your very perception of reality away. That's why the liar is so dangerous. The liar who warps reality really does take away the foundational structure of how we can act in the world and thereby a religious worldview, which Judaism is, which is intimately connected to the real world, you destroy that. So to recap this first point, the nature of reality and how you perceive reality is key to how to act, thereby the liar destroys that. They destroy the idea of your ability to act in the world and pursue your goals because your perspective of reality is warped, but also you can't act justly to the world because you don't know what the world truly is. This is where you get the, the sort of the metaphor of a hydra. When a person lies, what do they do? They warp reality to the next person, but then the next person warps it to the next person. And you have to keep track of these things. From the point of view of the liar, you have to chase them. You have to chase your lies because if you don't chase your lies and remember where you've lied, you'll get caught. So to play Rav Hirsch's next point out is that you bring a curse to yourself and you bring a curse to the world. You bring a curse to yourself because you are, you are damaging yourself through lying, and you are damaging other people through lying. So 
This is the, inter the, the, the first point perhaps we could say is on the other. The second point is on the self. You taint your soul. And we can, we can play this out on multiple levels. The most intuitive level is when we lie. We know we've done something wrong. We feel ourselves warping reality. When we lie, we feel the, uh, almost the toxicity of our language feed into us. But Refersh says you don't only bring a curse on yourself through the act of lying, you bring a curse on the world. Because, as we said before, you're warping the world. Thereby, you will not be a blessing to the world, you'll be a curse. A curse not in the hex sense of the word, but you will allow people to act and cause destruction. So we have the expression of a lie onto another, we have the expression of the lie onto the self, we have the expression of the lie on, onto the world itself. And just to play onto this self part, when you lie, what, we, what, what could we mean by you weaken yourself? When you lie, you recognize you could have taken a stand, but you've decided that through warping reality, there's an aspect of cowardice there. Through warping reality, you think you can get away with something. You think you can manipulate the world to your advantage, rather than facing, that's why we use the language, you face the truth, because facing the truth calls bravery. When I flatter someone, and we'll develop this in more detail next week, when I flatter someone, in a way, I'm not facing the truth. And when you act like a coward, you get weakened, you get more used to it, and you become a weaker person. So, to really end this discussion, uh, slightly negative, especially as I'm recording this era of Rosh Hashanah, era of Yom Kippur, which perhaps is quite apt, there's one other aspect. Any sin, Rav Hirsch says, is also predicated on a lie. Because whenever, whenever we act wrongly, on some level we think of a justification if we are called to task. If we were called to task, we would say, I would say this. I would justify it like this. I would get around it like that. So Rav Hirsch sees every sin also predicated on a lie. And it's interesting to see how this idea of a lie is so foundational to the good. Because if a person distances themselves from lies, and that's the language we, we have, you're supposed to distance yourself from a lie. Whether you can fully eradicate it, it is another question, but being aware of its danger motivates the distance that you need to be a good person. So we discussed it at the beginning of the warping of reality and presenting that to someone else, and how that will skew their ability to achieve their goals, and skew their ability to act justly in the world. We spoke about how it reflects to you and how it weakens you as a person. It taints your very soul. And that's the language Rav Hirsch uses. And the, what I love so much about that is that you feel it. There's something about you that wants to tell the truth. And when you don't, you feel you get weakened through it. And the more you do it, the more the, <clears throat> the language people use, you get addicted to it. And lastly, the root of all sin is the thought on some level, I will be able to justify this. And that too is a lie. So, on that note, part one of a lie, and let's we just develop the basic foundational ideas. Now we're going to branch it out to the other areas within Judaism that the lie takes hold, what it does, and why it's wrong. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful Yom Kippur.